Welcome to the One God Report Bible Study. We want to talk tonight about the Lord. Does the word or the title Lord mean God? Can the title Lord mean somebody else other than God? We believe that it can. We believe that the term is somewhat ambiguous. It can have more than one meaning and that context would be needed to understand if the title Lord is referring to God or to somebody else. Let's start right away by looking at Acts chapter 2 verse 36 where Peter is preaching at Pentecost just 50 days after Jesus was raised from the dead and in part of his proclamation of who Jesus is Acts chapter 2 verse 36 he says let all the house of Israel therefore know assuredly that God has made him both Lord and Christ this Jesus whom you crucified so here we can see in this verse that God has made Jesus Lord and Messiah or Christ so God is on one side let's say he's differentiated on one side from Jesus the Lord Messiah on the other side so this is an example where the Lord must mean something other than God now I think there's no small amount of confusion I've had a number of people say to me well Jesus is Lord isn't he as if they're saying that Jesus is God they think to say that Jesus is Lord means that he's God now I think for maybe the, the average person that's gone to church and heard that kind of terminology for from leaders and, and authority figures there is some confusion but I think I have to say it's a bit frustrating to hear a Bible teacher or a pastor or maybe a seminary professor or somebody say that Lord is a divine title and that when you say Jesus is Lord that's proclaiming that he's God that claim is really inexcusable because if you look in the scriptures you can see that the title Lord for Jesus is not a divine title just as we saw in this scripture here now I think the confusion a lot of it stems from when the Old Testament was translated into Greek around 200 BC the Greek texts of the Old Testament instead of putting in the personal name of God his personal name is Yehovah or Yahweh the four letter tetragrammaton yod heh vav heh that's Yahweh or Yehovah's personal name instead of his name appearing in the text the texts have the title Kurios which is Lord but already we know that Kurios can refer to somebody else and we know this in English too we know it we have the song in Christmas time there's ten lords of leaping we know it's not ten gods leaping we've heard of the British lords the house of the lords is part of the British Parliament it's not the house of the gods and we've heard of the different lords in Britain Lord Balfour was the one who wrote the proclamation the British government favored the establishment of a Jewish homeland in in Palestine during World War one so we know in English that Lord can mean other things as well but I think in the Bible it really the problem kind of stems from the 
translation from Hebrew into Greek and using instead of Yahweh's personal name, using the title Lord. Now, Steph, I think you've been looking through the Old Testament and kind of jotting down a few places where Lord means somebody else other than God. Right. I'm only about three-fourths of the way through, but about 75 times I've seen Lord is used for different people. For example, Pharaoh is Lord, right? The Israelites called Moses Lord. Hannah calls Eli Lord. Gideon calls the angel of Yahweh Lord. And Jeremiah to King Zedekiah. Ruth to Boaz calls him Lord. And Daniel to the angel says, my Lord. So Sarah are, called Abraham Lord, mm-hmm, too. Sarah called Abraham Lord. Bathsheba actually bowed down and called David her Lord. Yeah, it's a title often for the king of Israel. They're called the Lord, mm-hmm. right? Didn't you say as well that Jeremiah called Zedekiah, the last king of Israel, Lord? Mm-hmm. He did. He yes. called him my Lord. So it's a title which carries with it the... the a, it's a respectful title, acknowledging a certain amount of authority or respect. Some ways it could be translated as sir or master. It's showing respect toward the individual that's being addressed. Mm-hmm. You, can even, you can even see that uh, in the definition of, of the Greek word kurios. It's defined as somebody who's in authority over somebody else. And the other definitions are things like master and sir. So it does. It just basically designates some sort of authority mm-hmm. or submissiveness. Somebody recognizing somebody who has greater authority than them. Mm-hmm. And that's why, when the the Bible was put into Greek, the translators actually some people think that some of the original Greek uh, translations of the Hebrew Bible they put the name Jehovah in it. But we don't have any of those texts, or at least not many of them. Some people think there are some that they still can see the name Yahweh or Jehovah in the Greek text. But that, that's why, though, they chose this word, because it's, a, it's an acknowledgement of authority. So they chose the word Adon, is what the Hebrew equivalent is, and they use Kurios as the name instead of the name, the personal name of Yahweh. And unfortunately, the language doesn't permit for multiple words of Kurios. Like, for instance, in Greek, there's multiple words for love. So we can see what kind of love they're talking about. When it comes to Lord, they don't, just like in English, there's no, well, I guess we do have master and sir and maybe some other forms of it. But in Greek, there's only one. Mm-hmm. So the abundance of use for for Yahweh, I think, uh, saturates the Lord, right? So it's used over abundantly times, yes. for Yahweh in the Old Testament. And then, but that doesn't mean that that's the only meaning of it when it's brought to the new. Right. And most times now in English, most translations, not all of them, but when the name Yahweh was translated as kurios in the Greek, in English it appears as all caps, all mm-hmm. capital letters, to try to help you distinguish between the Yahweh's personal name and, and other lords. And See, that's an acknowledgement that Lord does not always mean God, mm-hmm. when you have mm-hmm. to put all capitalized in the form where Yahweh's name is being replaced. And actually that Yahweh, Lord, that God's personal name is 6,828 times in the Old Testament. So that's about one out of every four verses. It's all over once you start to at least see the all caps. But in Hebrew, you can see the yud vav Let's look at one verse in the Old Testament where you can see that Yahweh's personal name appearing as well as another Lord. 
in 1 Samuel 25, 28. Mm -hmm. This is when Abigail is speaking with David. And I think, Steph, you counted up that 14 times in this one chapter, Abigail calls David Lord. Yeah. Something like something that. Like it's that. 13 it's or 14 yeah, times. Maybe yeah, maybe it's 13. And a, a really, there's a couple of good passages here that really show you the difference between the Lord's and one of them is 1 Samuel 25, 28. Look at that verse for just a second. Where Abigail is telling David, hey, chill out. Don't go and kill Nabal. And she says, pray, forgive the trespass of your handmaid. She kind of takes the blame on herself. Forgive the trespass of your handmaid. For the Lord will certainly make my Lord a sure house. Now, if you just say it, mm -hmm. you can't see the difference. But if you look at it in English, the first Lord mm -hmm. is all capitalized. That's Yahweh's name. In Hebrew, there's no uh, uncertainty. It's very clear in Hebrew because Yahweh's name is very different from the word for Lord. The word for Lord is Adon. So here it would say something like Yahweh or Yehovah will certainly make Adoni, my Lord, a sure house. Because my Lord, she's referring to David, is fighting the battles of the Lord. That's Yahweh. So right in that one verse, we can see Four times the word Lord, but two of them mean David. Why? Because David is her. She's acknowledging a certain authority. The king especially will be always called Lord. Mm -hmm. he's in, but she's calling Yahweh by his personal name. But in the English, it shows up as, as Lord. So how about in the, let's go now to the New Testament. I think people can understand that from the Old Testament that Lord is not always going to mean God. So it's not being genuine. For instance, I heard a pastor say not long ago, and I actually heard PhDs in Bible say this, and, there, and that, that's wrong. It's just plain wrong. For instance, in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it's been said where Paul says that if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord, that means that you're acknowledging that he's God. That's wrong. You can see it in the context right of this same verse. Because if we just continue on with this verse, if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So here you can see again the differentiation between the Lord Jesus, because he's king, because he's our authority. We appeal to Jesus with respect because he's the designated king who gave himself for us. So he's the Lord, and this is one of the main titles for Jesus in the New Testament. But he's differentiated from God in that verse. So Paul is not saying you must declare with your lips that Jesus is God. He's saying declare that, that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. There's God in that verse. Mm -hmm. Let's look at a couple other passages in the New Testament. You guys have a couple that you were thinking about? Yeah, there's one in Acts <clears throat> chapter 25, verse 26. And this is of uh, Festus. This is when Paul is being um, through his series of trials before he makes it to Rome. And these, uh, these people who are in authority are kind of passing them to the next person who's in a higher authority of them. And it kind of gives you a clear example that this word Lord really just does mean that. It really just has to do with authority more than any Being sort God, of... Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So 
Of course, God is also called king. Jesus is also called yeah. king. So these are just examples of titles yeah. mm-hmm. that could apply to human beings as well as to God. Mm-hmm. Right? There are a number of other of those. God is our shepherd. Like David said, the Lord, that's Yahweh, Jehovah. Yeho- Yahweh is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. But he also calls David a shepherd. David is the shepherd of the people of Israel. And the leaders of Israel were called the shepherds. So these titles can refer to humans and to God, but it doesn't make the human beings God. Steph, you have a few other examples of that. Yeah, just well, also Savior, right? God is Savior, mm-hmm. and Jesus is our Savior. Well, and the, the judges in, were in saviors. Of, yeah, the judges, they were God called sent saviors. many saviors, it says. And judge, right? God is judge, and Jesus is appointed as judge, and we know there were judges also in the Bible. Mm-hmm. I like to say that God is called a rock in the Bible. The Lord is my rock. Well, in the New Testament, Peter is called a rock. Jesus calls Peter. Peter, you are a rock. Now, Peter's a rock. God is a rock. Does that mean Peter is God? No, absolutely not. In the same way with the word we're looking at here, this title, Lord, you have to look at the context to see what Lord is being referred to. There's another example I think you had, Preston, in, from the book of Acts, where a person is referring to somebody else as Lord, right? In Matthew, uh, oh no, it was in Matthew, Matthew that's right. 27, I believe, yeah. Let's look at that one, if you would. Uh, Matthew 27, 63. And who's called Lord in this passage? They're talking to Pilate, and these are the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. So actually, this is a, so if anybody would know who is God and who is not God, it would be people who studied the Bible you know, in the Old Testament, which is, at this time, the Pharisees. And in Matthew twenty-seven sixty-three, they said, the Pharisees said to Pilate, Sir, and that word sir is the word kurios in Greek. It's Lord. Yeah. Which is translated it's, Lord. Right. Mm-hmm. Whatever is referred to of God or Jesus is always translated Lord. Mm-hmm. But a little sleight of hand is used. In translation. Exactly. Yes. When yep. referring to yep. uh, people we know to be, you know. Not God. Not God. Yes. Exactly. So it says, Sir, or Curios, we remember how that imposter, talking about Jesus, said, while well, he was still alive, after three days I would rise. And then they go on and kind of make their case to him. But the point there is, they're submitting themselves before the Roman ruler, mm-hmm. the Roman authority. They're being respectful to him. And it's a, it's a yep. word of, exactly, of uh, respect. Yep. It's interesting to compare what Peter called Jesus when Jesus was transfigured before the apostles. In the three different gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, in Matthew chapter 17, verse 4, Peter calls Jesus Lord. I'll read it. Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three tabernacles here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. So in Matthew's record... Peter called Jesus Kurios, Lord, right? But then in the parallel account in Mark, what what does Peter call Jesus? And Peter answered, this is Mark chapter 9, verse 5. Peter answered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. So in Mark's account, he simply records Jesus as calling him Rabbi. It's It's a, again, a title of respect. Luke's account, 
In Luke chapter 9, verse 33, Luke 9, 33, it came about, as these were parting from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here, and let us make three tabernacles, etc. Okay, it's a different, it's actually a little different word. It's not curious. It's a different word for like master. And sometimes curious can be translated master too. Mm-hmm. But there you can see Peter calls Jesus Lord in Matthew's account, calls him Rabbi in Mark's account, and calls him a ma- the master in Luke's account. Now, in each case, it's a title of respect, right? But you can see that the parallel for Lord there is not God. It's rabbi and master. Mm -hmm. Another place to see in the New Testament that the title Lord, when applied to Jesus, does not mean that he is God, is in the greetings that begin the epistles of Paul and Peter that constantly the Lord Jesus Christ is differentiated from God, where the Apostle Paul writes things like, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Or, for instance, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, it says specifically that God is the God of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul writes in Ephesians 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus the Messiah, or in Ephesians 1, 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom. So you can see very clearly in the Apostle Paul's mind that the title Lord applied to Jesus means he's not God because he's differentiated from God. You know, there's one other thing I, I, I think we should mention too, is that I think that in a lot of ways, one reason, maybe not necessarily the main reason, but I think an an important reason that the early apostles were calling Jesus Lord. There's the Old Testament precedent, of course, as we just read. The King David is called Lord. But another reason in New Testament times is because that is a declaration that the ruler of the world is not really Caesar. Because in the Roman world, you would say Caesar is Lord. The Christians were going around and saying Jesus is Lord. It's an acknowledgement that God, as we read in Acts chapter 2 verse 36, God has made Jesus Lord and Christ, the ruler of this earth. Mm -hmm. So when Christians would call Jesus Lord, that is really, it can be taken as a political statement as well. Now, we, we just saw where the Pharisees could politely call Pilate Lord, and, and uh, you could refer to the governor as Lord. So you could get away with it. But my, you would probably have to be a little careful with who you would call Lord, especially if he was going to compete with Caesar. I have some other ideas? Well, just Psalm 1, oh, yeah. 110. Mm. Yeah, we didn't, when we were talking about the Old Testament verses, we didn't mention Psalm 110. Go ahead, Seth. Well, this connects with the New Testament because this is actually the most quoted verse in the New Testament. It's something like 23 times in the New Testament. So it is important to know the most quoted verse in the New Testament it has both of these lords, right? The Lord Yahweh said to my Lord, which is Adoni. Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Right. See, in English, it can be confusing Mm -hmm. because there's two lords there. The Lord said to my Lord. If you read that in Hebrew, 
there's no confusion at all. Mm -hmm. It's Yahweh said to my Adom. Do you know that even in modern Hebrew, you respectfully refer to men as Adon, Lord, right? I would call, mm -hmm. if I go and visit somebody in the house, I would call them Adon Kohen or Adon Schwartz, Mr. Schwartz, Sir. It's in, in a sense, maybe Sir. So you call many people Lord in the Hebrew language. But this one in, in uh, Psalm 110, you're absolutely right. Yahweh says to the Lord of David, Right? Mm -hmm. David's descendant will be even greater than David because David's descendant is the Messiah, Jesus, risen from the dead, given all authority in heaven and on earth to him from God. Yeah, it's, it's typically taught when somebody who, is, uh, who doesn't study the Bible, Lord in the New Testament is taught that it means God. It's used of God. Mm -hmm. It's used of Jesus. It's used to them more than it's used of anybody else. Mm -hmm. So it's easy to maybe have one biblical definition of Lord, and then everywhere else you, lose, you uh, use Lord in life, like the House of Lords, and then the Lord that you mentioned that people in Britain uh, use it much more than sure. anywhere mm -hmm. else. So you, you get two definitions, but they're really the same thing. I mean, the, the writers of the New Testament use it in the same manner that we use it today. Sometimes it for God. Sometimes for God, but really meaning yeah. authority. That's mm -hmm. really what it means. Mm -hmm. And of course, Jesus has authority over us. We do call him Lord. Absolutely. God has authority of us, and we also call him Lord. Not only do we call Jesus Lord, he is our Lord. He is our yeah. Lord. Yeah. But in the same way, a boss has authority over an employee, and the employee mm -hmm. wouldn't be out of place to call him Lord. Mm -hmm. And this this word is, it means one thing. It's, this, it's a, uh, showing the structure of authority. That's really mm -hmm. all it shows. Mm -hmm. Let me ask this question. Jesus is sometimes called Lord of Lords, and so is God. God is called Lord of Lords. Does that mean Jesus is God? Or Jesus is called King of Kings in a couple of places, and God is called King of Kings. Does that make Jesus God? No. Also, God calls King Nebuchadnezzar King of Kings in Daniel 2. The Babylonian king. God calls the Babylonian king, Nebuchadnezzar, mm -hmm. king of kings. Mm -hmm. Okay. I have it right here if we want to go over sure. that. So this is Daniel, who's there to interpret Nebuchadnezzar's dream. The first time he addresses Nebuchadnezzar, he says, Thou, O king, are the king of kings. For the God of heaven has given you a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. And it just reinforces. Everything comes from God. Mm -hmm. And Nebuchadnezzar, uh, Nebuchadnezzar was king of other rulers other there, kings, yep. who then were subordinate to him. Right. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Jesus. God yeah. gave Jesus kingship. Mm -hmm. He'll have subordinate kings mm -hmm. underneath him. It's always clear that Jesus' kingship, as king of kings, is subordinate to God, mm -hmm. who's made Jesus the king of kings. Right. And only God is called God of gods. No one else is ever called that, Jesus or anyone else. Only God is God of gods. Mm -hmm. And if I could just bring up First uh, Corinthians fifteen twenty eight, this really goes to the structure of the mm -hmm. whole thing. It says, "When all things are subjected to Jesus, then the Son Himself will also be subjected to Him who put all things in subjection under Him, under yeah. Jesus, mm -hmm. that God may be all in all." Yep. Mm -hmm. And the Bible reinforces this point time and time mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. That's true. 
And I'll say it again. I think because of the confusion in the name of Jehovah with the title Lord, I think maybe I can be a bit forgiving and understand the confusion for the average person. Well, I'll give an example. My, my, my mom says, well, Jesus is Lord, right? And she had it with the idea that that meant Jesus is God. Now, she's heard this for many years. And I can understand the confusion with her. But I don't think that the confusion for a pastor or for a Bible teacher is that excusable. To say that the verse in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, which we looked at before, if you declare that with your lips that Jesus is Lord, and if you're a Bible teacher and you say that that is a divine title, you're deceiving people. You're throwing them down the wrong path. Because then the rest of that verse says, and that God raised him from the dead. So for pastors, Bible teachers, this is not really excusable. It's, it's not that difficult to look up the word kurios, Lord in Greek, or adon in Hebrew, and see that it does not always mean God. And as a matter of fact, when it's applied to Jesus, it doesn't. It's all Jesus as Lord is always differentiated from God. Now, it's true, as Preston said, sometimes, yes, in the New Testament, God is referred to with the title Lord. The method, I guess you could say, of the translators of the Hebrew Old Testament to Greek, the, the New Testament writers continued that in some cases. Let me give you an example, Revelation eleven fifteen, where in this passage we can see by the context that Lord does mean God. Revelation eleven fifteen, the seventh angel blew his trumpet and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ mm -hmm. and he shall reign forever and ever. So there you can see that Christ is differentiated from the Lord and that the word Lord there would mean God. The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And just going back to um, the verse in Acts there. Where, Which one? Uh, let's see, I'm trying to make... Uh, 36, 236. Acts 236, yeah. It's God who makes lords. And we know this because God established... You know, Joseph, to be second in command of Egypt, he was the one that set that whole thing up. He also, I was looking in Daniel, you know, he basically drove Nebuchadnezzar to madness for seven years so that he would know by the time he grabbed the sanity again that it's Yahweh, God who establishes the kings mm -hmm. on the earth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. God is over who gets to be Lord. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the person who he made Lord for all of eternity we can see him here in 236, let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God, the Father, or Yahweh, mm -hmm. has made Jesus both Lord and Christ. Mm -hmm. So God gave this to him. So if Jesus is God, that doesn't work because God has never lost his lordship. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, he's not God. Hmm. Amen. I think that's a good verse to end on. Next week, we plan to hear the testimony of Preston Macy, our participant here on the One God Report podcast. Preston was an F-18 
pilot for the U.S. Navy, still instructs as a flight instructor for the Navy. He came to understand that God is one, that Jesus is God's Messiah. So we look forward to hearing more from Preston next week. And now, a question for this week. Let's go back to that verse in Acts chapter 2, verse 36. Our question is, if Jesus is God, as most Christians believe, if Jesus is God, how can he be so much differentiated from God in a passage like Acts chapter 2, verse 36? And how can it be that God made him Lord and Messiah, or Lord and Christ, this Jesus who is crucified?